wait, wait, wait. I got a question real Whoa, quick. Whoa, yeah. Why do we, in our intro, why do we start with board games and not video games? Yeah, you know. We talk like a hundred times more video games than we do board games. Seems like a weird thing to start with. What are you talking about? I guess. All kinds of things, from board well, games to video games to movies. To yeah, all kinds yeah. of things. To games. film. Movies hey. are film. Movies thing. are film. Why are we, what is this intro? We've had this for so long, and it's. It's uh, it's so good. I've got some problems. I tried to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> Wait, is hey. some of this you? Did some? Did you do some of this? No, Russell. No, no, no. That's giving away fine. that we have a script written for the intro. That's oh, not. No, this is supposed to be organic. organic. Same thing the same. Are, you, yeah. are you saying that we run off a script? <laughs> you That's gave crazy. me loaded dice. No, Owen. I would never pre-write comments. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the forecast, everybody. It's episode eighty-nine, and uh, the forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. We are a group of individuals who love exploring and discussing all things from board games to video games, movies, film, etc., uh, pop culture in general. It's the things that we do. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at Facebook.com/slash We Are the Horizon Community, or you can check us out at our website, WeAreTheHorizon.com. We have a ton of original content for you to browse through there. Additionally, everything that we talk about today on this podcast will be down in the notes, which are pushed out to whatever podcast app you're currently using. I'm Owen, and obviously not Aaron. He is currently out on his 10th anniversary honeymoon fun time. So good on you, buddy. He's and so old. <laughs> he yeah. is. He is. And uh, going from my left to my right, we've got Caleb. That's me. Jake. Hi. And Alex. Yes, I am here. Um, so Alex, what have you been playing lately? Why are we starting with me? Because I wanted I to start with you. You're yeah, alphabetical. We getting... Just it's go. because he didn't want to start with himself and he happens to be at the top. Exactly. Yeah, so he picked a but... random other one. We used to start with me every single time and then we we're like, oh, Fine. we're going to switch it up and Jake. not start with Alex every <laughs> single time. We did one podcast where I didn't do it first and then we're going to go right back to me going first again. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff this podcast. I know. Yeah, <laughs> there sure is. Yeah, It's a good one. This is it's how we perfect because Aaron's everybody. gone for it. Yeah, so, okay, I guess I'll start with what I have the least to say about. I've been playing, I played more Three Houses. It's still really good. I got to, like, a big plot point. That was really, yeah. really cool. Like, the plot just goes from, like, zero to a billion in, like, a second. Yeah. It's like it's you're watching a Scooby-Doo episode, and then they decide to, like, violently overthrow the government halfway <laughs> through, and it's like, Great. whoa. What? So that was really cool. I'm really liking that. Uh, so, so you liked that twist? I d- God, so much. It's it was freaking awesome. Wild. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, no. I I didn't. I man, uh, I, you were in man. a different house as well. Yeah, you're That's you're in true. stupid house. <laughs> to, like, to as make far it as up... I can tell, like two houses go to war, and then the one you were in was like, we're over here. To make it up, I am. I did start my new game plus this morning, and I will be following the correct house 
That's good. That's good. Lady the Edelgard is so fucking cool. She's awesome. Like, I talk to most Seriously. characters and it's like, I'm, I'm the fat guy. And it's like, okay, Raphael, I get it. <laughs> and then Edelgard's like, I have very complex feelings about the sociopolitical situation in this country. And I'm like, whoa. She's awesome. <laughs> she's, yeah. I feel like she's just better written and better voiced than almost every other character. I'm guessing, I would agree. I'm guessing some of the, like, other leaders of the houses are probably pretty good. I mean... That one guy whose name starts with a D, I don't remember who he is. Dimitri. Dimitri, that's him. I was trying to say generic Dominic. blonde boy. He yeah. seems like he's terrible. I but man. I didn't do it. He seems house, really so. boring. <laughs> yeah. I think he's yeah. really good stats though. So like <laughs> there's that. I gotta say, Claude's entire story was just painfully obvious. Oh, it's yeah. just like, oh hey. Here's this like outsider that doesn't look like us that's running things. I wonder how he grabbed power. Do you think that maybe he actually doesn't belong in this royal family and that he just kind of like went in and conned everybody and is trying to seize power? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And that's his storyline. And I'm just mm. like, cool. Like, glad Sounds that compelling. I guessed that from the get go. So what else have you been uh, playing uh, there, Dick? I also, in the spirit of Halloween, I finally finished Luigi's Mansion. One, uh, two, they one? Won. one. They re-released okay. one on 3DS. Hmm. And I had never actually finished it. Um, I played it a lot when I was little. And now that I finished it, I realized I got like three quarters of the way through before I stopped. <laughs> but I do, okay, I do have a good reason why I never finished it. There's a part where the power goes out and you've got to go to the basement to turn it back on. But on your way there... Ghost Grandpa shows up and he's like, hey, you've got to find this ghost that got away. He's in a room with clothes and a mirror. So like every room? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> so like I wandered around for probably like an hour when I was like 10 or whenever the hell Luigi's Mansion one came out. And then just went, I can't, I give up. I don't know where this fucking ghost is. So I never finished it. But it's pretty good. I like Luigi's Mansion. I thought for a second that you were going to say that, like, the power cuts out, like, in your house because you're playing the game. And I was like, that's fucking dope. <laughs> I mean, dope is a word. <laughs> Probably illegal is another word. <laughs> hey, man, if I'm playing a horror game or supposed to be somewhat spooky game and it cuts the power off in the room that I'm playing that game, I will uninstall it and leave. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it has done what it was supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, the other thing. Frickin' okay. I don't know if you guys have played Luigi's Mansion, but mm -hmm. there are these boos that you gotta catch, right? right? They mm -hmm. hide in rooms, you uncover them, and they show up. They don't really fight or attack you, but they can, like, go through walls to other rooms, which yep. sounds like kind of a cool idea, except that not every room is directly joined by a door. <laughs> so I reached a situation where I would try to catch a boo, he would go through a wall, I would have to go through three rooms to get to that room, and he would immediately just go back into the room we started in. Oh, <laughs> love it. So I'd have to run the circuit of, like, six rooms every time. That seems was, like terrible game design. It was actually really, really bad. It was probably the worst time I've had with the game. But other than that, it's, it's pretty good. I'm excited for three. Three does um, look pretty good. Are fun. you gonna play yeah. two before three comes out? Well, I don't know. Maybe. I do. I have two. I've never finished two. But three comes out like on Halloween, and that's like that's powerful. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, like that's like ooh, and two's not gonna have Guigi in it. Three, yeah, does. Guigi's new, right? Gui mm -hmm. Well, yeah, he was even in this backport they did. They added Guigi. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like a weird co-op thing that I never used, but he's in there. You can see him in the background, all gooey. 
It's my great. Fa- my I favorite love- Nintendo character, Luigi. <laughs> Luigi. He's going to be in Smash soon. Mark my words. <laughs> uh, Echo and fighter the- for Luigi. Yeah, dude. That'd be so... He'll probably make it way before uh, any of the Overwatch people or uh, Waluigi. Yeah, you say stupid, out for Waluigi. Echo fighters are stupid anyway. Hey, how dare you? You know what they really need? They need more Fire Emblem characters. In Smash. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they need more Sans, but hey, man, he's technically in there. Every time yeah. I'm playing Smash, I always think about how they need more Fire Emblem characters. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I want to play a Fire Emblem character, but none of these really fit exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm looking for like a guy with a sword who has a parry <laughs> move. Do you have yeah. something like that? No? Hmm. Let's get him let's get him put Lady Edelgard in there. That yeah. w- see, that would be cool. There are cool Fire Emblem characters they could do, <laughs> but they're gonna do the same one they always do. Yeah. Uh and then the last thing I played, I actually I finally finished Katana Zero. Almost said Katana Root Zero again. <laughs> Not the name of the game. Nope. Katana Zero. That's a pretty cool little game. Uh, it's uh, We've probably talked about it on the podcast before. We have, yeah. A couple uh, times, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I won't get too into it. Um, I liked it. It's no Hotline Miami. Uh, I think it's significantly worse. And it has a lot of the same issues where in certain maps, people can just shoot you off screen, which is like the worst thing in both games. When you're just yeah. like, oh, that guy I couldn't see killed me. I cool, feel like that was cool. only hugely a problem in the second Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami Two is way worse about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, so would you say that like this is a game that people should pick up? Or I would say yes. Okay. Uh, the story, especially towards the end, gets a little in the way. Like it feels like you're in a cutscene for like five minutes for every like five minutes of gameplay, which gets kind of annoying when the gameplay is really like fast paced and fun. It does add a lot of story near the end. There's not a whole lot as you just go through, but then yeah, the which end, is weird because then the end, the end feels like it drags like a lot, and it's not necessarily a bad story, but it also and maybe I don't know if this game has multiple endings, but it kind of ends on like a cliffhanger with no resolution. The game's yeah. not. Yeah, they're gonna release more for it. Okay, hmm. cool. I think, but doesn't I it literally it say now. to be continued? It yeah. does. Yeah, but like I finished it now. Yeah, and the ending <laughs> is bullshit. Right. <laughs> You so did that's it, like there's like a big choice, and I, you, that probably like changes. There's probably like two endings, if I had to guess. There, are, yeah. Oh, is there? Okay, I wasn't sure because a s- slight spoiler isn't one of the choices death. Yeah, that's I think so. I yeah. kind of assumed you would die. You do, yeah. That's yeah. That's mm-hmm. the other ending. I, yeah, that's not. Just kinda... That's also not an ending. <laughs> no, that's just you don't get to I play mean, in the last. Not really, but which like, Instagram what? filter are we using for this ending? Yeah, well, this is a Mass Effect 3. <laughs> but yeah. I remember when I played it, I thought the story was the one of the highlights of the game for me. And I never really played enough of Hotline Miami, I think, to get oh, story beats. The first the first Hotline Miami is so freaking good. So I don't know about oh, like how the story compares to the like story that game. Is harder to parse out in the Hotline Miami game. Yeah. For sure. Okay. It's yeah, there's I mean, Hotline Miami doesn't really have like here's a cutscene of these characters talking, which Katana Zero has a lot of. Oh, my God. Um, And I mean, that's not necessarily good or bad, but I think Hotline Miami does a much better job of keeping the pace up. Whereas, sure. Like I said, Katana Zero, especially towards the end, just feels like, OK, I get it. I get it. He kills people with a sword still. Yep, yep, yep. Let me get yeah, to the last level, please. I didn't really think about it, but they offload a lot at the end. Yes, they do. Which is weird, because they, they, I feel like they do a good job kind of like sprinkling world details as you play. Yeah. And then at the end, they're just like, 
this guy's just gonna talk for like five minutes. Like he's just gonna tell you what's up. Uh, but yeah, that's Katan Zero. Cool. And uh, let's go to Alex next. Sure. Um. So Destiny, I don't believe we've talked about Shadowkeep yet, right? I don't think so. No, I mean, we have not. So Shadowkeep came out. Um. So as an expansion. Like you traditionally are looking for a campaign and then like some extra like grindy stuff to like kind of keep you going until the next expansion. Mm -hmm. And the campaign in this one, I feel like was like significantly worse than than the last one. Really? Because you were Forsaken. Okay. Yeah. Worse than Forsaken. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Not worse than Mercury. No, like so. Those were so they've had like the course of the game. There's there's been the main campaign when it came out, and then there was like two small campaigns, small expansions. Both of those right. were not very good, I don't think. Yeah. I and then agree. Forsaken came out. It was a big expansion. It had a nice, like, pretty decent length campaign, and it was interesting and it was really cool. And then they kind of did this experimental season pass thing where they kind of released like not actual story missions, but just like pursuits and things to do in the world for a year and then and like new activities would roll out every so often um but there's no traditional campaign for a year and then this came out was supposed to be the next big expansion and i feel like the the actual campaign part was like super short it's pretty small it was about the size of the other small ones yeah and like the middle of it is not even like missions it's like hey go hunt down these nightmares and that, right. that'll take you a while yep and do like this grindy stuff for a bit yeah it seems um, at least to me that they're very relaxed on the campaign for this game in general including all of the expansions it, it's especially from people like bungie and like coming from what they did with like halo 3 or right. Um, like ODST or even uh, Reach, like those are some substantial campaigns to play through, and all of the levels are fantastically well thought out and a great story. And at least from my perspective of playing through the free stuff of Destiny Two, uh, I was extremely disappointed with the campaigns, and I haven't heard from you guys exactly glowing recommendations better than that. Yeah, I think uh, the first campaign's pretty good, yeah. and Forsaken's pretty good. Yep. And then, like, the rest of the game relies on you, like, playing with your friends and wanting to chase numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like the uh, playing with friends aspect of this game. I think that's really what saves it and sells it a lot, is that it's fun to jump on with you guys and, you know, actually chase some of those it's, numbers. Um, it's interesting. We should note that you haven't played... You never played Destiny until this October 1st update right. when they release the free-to-play patch. I think it's worth pointing out that I don't think you should go to Destiny looking for a good story to play. You should go looking to play kind of an MMO-style game with people. Trying I mean, to collect I guess all the weapons, of... like yeah. trying to like level up your dude, get the special armor that releases with each event, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, they, they have an event coming out next week, right? Yeah, the Halloween event is coming up. The Festival of the Lost, I think it's called. I, th- I think yep, so. I don't right. know a lot about how like Destiny 
does events as you've said i've just started playing only a couple of weeks ago uh but i'm extremely intrigued in whatever the hell that is just out of the armor and the cool skins and just being like you know i'm intrigued i want to know what that is play whatever like game types or whatever that comes with that and try to get that armor because it looks cool it like glows yeah yep. usually for the events they have new armor sometimes new weapons definitely new skins for weapons armor then they'll have like some event that's going like some some activity associated is with it the yeah. activity new every single time or is it reused like other uh events <laughs> um, I, I think they're using this okay yeah so the, for this year the halloween event last year was new but this one seems like it's the same event yeah they at least named it the same mm. i assume it's the same that's the haunted forest which if you did the mercury campaign you go into the infinite forest right so they kind of use the idea of like the procedurally generated like forest levels and like now it up a bit. spooky and there's Actually, like a twist on like how it how you progress through it and stuff like that speaking of spooky i actually do really enjoy the new the moon area that you can play now in destiny it's super spooky got a whole bunch of really good ambient music i really like that area it's kind of the cool. the like underground on the moon is quite interesting yeah that was a neat thing. I was running around with my friend and he refused to fast travel because he just wanted to like check out like all of the underground tubes that connected all of the areas. And that was that was like a neat, cool thing that I thought they did quite well. I'm curious, uh, now that you've played a bunch of it, your like overall thoughts on the game, like would you pay money for it? Like... I, it, I mean, I would pay a little money for it like i'm definitely already wishlisted the dlcs uh on steam so that way whenever it does hit like a whatever sale i can try to grab it for like 10 15 for the pair of dlcs uh but i think that's about where i have my limit of what i think that this is kind of worth i think it's a very well polished gunplay uh yeah. and but it's extremely repetitive, grindy gunplay to do all of the MMO type things. Uh, and I kind of don't care that much for that. I'm very glad that I didn't pay $60 for this game or I would have been way upset. Uh, but as far as like a free to play pickup thing for people right now, I highly recommend it. I'm, hell yeah, grab it, play it with your friends. You know, uh, I think it's a very fun thing that it's been great. I think one of the benefits that really goes into this game is the different types of gameplay for different party sizes. And it's been really nice to just kind of like hop on, join Caleb, and me and him just go questing together. And then Alex, you'll come on. And then it's like, oh, cool, there's three of us. We can do strikes together. And then a fourth person, and now we're doing Gambit. And then maybe we get a fifth and sixth, and now we're doing uh, Control. You know, we're doing the, the PvP stuff. And like, that's just such a nice way that no matter how many friends are on, you're constantly being able to still play it. There's no like line that just says, you know, mm, you know, we we don't have enough. We 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 can't add you in. You know, this is a four player game, right. and your game, your player number five. So I really enjoy the fact that they just it, really let you do that. It's it's pretty good about that. Now, when the game first uh -huh. released, you had. Three player activities for the most part, and then if you wanted to do PvP, there was a four player PvP mode. So you would be in Crucible playing with four people, and then people would be like, oh, I'm kind of done with the Crucible, let's go do something else. And then one person is just like, 
well, I guess I can't play. Yeah. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that's a really neat thing, and I would like more games to kind of follow themselves about that and kind of think about that, that if they're doing like a massive online thing of just being like, well, let's move numbers around so that way, depending on your party size, you know, you can still have your friends join you. While we're still talking about Destiny, Alex and I were mentioned, I kind of talked about this a little bit the other day, but we were comparing it to Borderlands, specifically the new one, I guess. And I was thinking about, they're, they're incredibly similar games, I think, but Destiny's gunplay is much better. And because Borderlands 3's uh, writing doesn't seem to be up to par with like the first game, it doesn't. it's not winning in that category either mm-hmm. anymore. And I think... I don't know, it just feels like a better version of Borderlands than Borderlands now. I definitely think that they've captured that MMO feel that they were trying to go for. Like, it's, it is an MMO with guns, and I'm about that. I liked World of Warcraft and adding in first-person shooting to th- that same kind of idea. I was like, yeah, okay, get some quests, go to an area, you can grind out your quests, get some cool gear, show it off in PvP or in, like, a, a raid or something like that. But I was like, yeah, this is... This is what that kind of gameplay should be. Yeah. What else have you been uh, playing there, Alex? Um, yeah, I've also been dipping back into Celeste. I finally started the DLC, which is so far Woo! very good. Um, I made it like a little over a third of the way through it, I, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I got to the point where they just bust out a PowerPoint presentation on how to do this advanced movement technique. I think that's like literally halfway. during is it halfway i think that's halfway okay so like literally heart, just like right? yeah you get the heart yeah i think that's half it's like during a level you're playing through it just stops and is like hey we gotta teach you exactly how to do this move because you're gonna need it to get through all the rest of the stuff <laughs> you're gonna need to know specifically this a lot yeah mm. and, and it is it something you would never get probably by yourself or yeah. with like like the way that game usually teaches you things is like a bird goes caw and then like a speech bubble appears and it's usually like hey if you press the dash button and up like near a wall like it'll have like a wall picture of a wall and then like a dash button and up and it's like hey you probably get some more height if you do that like you figure that out this was like a whole presentation <laughs> powerpoint presentation in game to do one move. To do a, what they call a wave dash, which if you play Smash, you've probably heard of that before. Mm-hmm. But it's a little different in this game. Anyway, I'm at, stuck at this one specific spot that's it's extremely difficult, and I cannot pass it. I'm Fun sure stuff. that with enough, uh, he- like, just smashing your head through it that you'll eventually get there. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's kind of how that game goes. <laughs> yeah. And then I've also been like out and about a lot lately. I had another wedding, so we've been doing some traveling. So I've been playing some phone games. So what phone uh, games have you been going through? Call of Duty Mobile came out. Mobile? What? Yeah. So is this what? based off of any previous Call of Duty? Is this like just like a Call of Duty 4 on it, your phone? Or like what is this? I think it's its own thing kind of, but it seems like it's kind of rooted in the Modern Warfare stuff. Okay. Um, it's actually surprisingly fun. Are you good? I, I at think, it? or are you playing against bots? Okay. First of all, <laughs> I made sure for certain I was not playing against bots because I knew I was going to get this question. There are some games I lose and some games I win. The the games I win, I like utterly dominate on. It's crazy. 
And the games you lose are close? Games that I lose are closer. But nice. there's usually like one other person that's also dominating on the other team. I feel like a lot of people can't get hang of the touch controls and I, I like have identified with them in a way that's like Yeah, I understand everything. Like first of all, um I don't know if many phones have this, but the iPhone has three D touch. At least the not newer ones. They took it out of the newer ones, freaking Apple. Really? Um so yeah, it has 3D touch, which basically means the screen's pressure sensitive. Mm. Um, and there's a setting you can turn on in the game that you can aim down sights with 3D touch. So like you put a little bit more pressure under your thumb and it aims down sights. It's a very natural feeling. Nice. And otherwise you have to like hit a virtual button. So I think that would be way more difficult. Uh, they, the default mode for playing that game is when you're pointing at somebody, it automatically shoots. So it feels almost like cheating where you just kind of like <laughs> you barely get lined up and your gun's already firing. Like, oh, I wouldn't even have fired yet, but apparently I was on his head and now yeah. that dude's dead. Like, very cool. That's that seems weird. like sniping would be super easy because you don't yeah, actually you have to line up the shot. With the sniper around. You could really yeah. do 360 no scopes now. Mm. Um, it's kind of stupid, but it's, it's fun to pass the time. <laughs> so um, what else do you have? Assemble. So this is going along with the uh, Apple Arcade stuff I was talking about before. I downloaded mm-hmm. a couple of games from there. So Assemble is um, it's just like a short story-based game where the story is unfolding and like in each chapter you're like this traveling repair woman and in each chapter you have to like repair an item from like one of the characters. So like you're taking apart a rotary phone and like putting it back together with like a new circuit board or something. Uh, or like repairing this dude's watch or whatever but it's all like um if you remember like the original the room on ios devices where like you're turning keys and opening levers and flipping switches and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like in a physical space it feels a lot like that except for it's it's like you're repairing a device so it's all like pretty physical and like you're pulling parts apart and stuff like that it's pretty cool um rather short it's like an hour or so long I finished that. It's 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 good. The story's pretty good too. Um, and then finally, I've been playing What the Golf, which I think is on a lot more platforms than just phones, but it's it feels Epic. really good on a phone. Is it on Epic? Yeah. Uh, what the Golf is freaking amazing. Like I think everybody should play this game. I don't believe you. <laughs> I've heard really good things about it. It is. It, it's a golf game. Yeah, but, you've lost me already. Nah, but nah, nah. it's also not a golf game. Like the f- very first hole you start at, you start at, you do a traditional like pull back to gauge the power and hit the shot into the hole. And then like the very next hole you do, you go to do it again, except for like with no explanation, the guy that's holding the club flies forward this time right. instead of the ball. Okay. I remember And like it it just like progresses to such crazy extents. Like I just got through a whole section of the game that's all modeled after after Super Hot, and it's just, like you finish a level and it goes Super Put, and I'm like, yes, Jesus. this is great. Wow! <laughs> and like you you hit the ball and like everything is trying to like shoot at you and stuff, and the stuff only moves when you move. Um, there was a whole section that was modeled after Portal, where you're literally like, shooting portals around and getting the ball around. Um, it's just like tons of references on references on references to all sorts of things. There's like a Mario section. 
And it seems long. Like, I'm 30% through the game. I've been playing it for a couple hours. Oh, dang. So there's a lot of ideas that they have in there. And on the phone, it's pretty neat because it's just like drag your finger and release. Right. Um, and it's there's cool things that they do with the phone where, like, you there's like an overworld map sort of where you're like traveling from hole to hole to like do the level. And sometimes when you go off the left, like a left path, like you'll notice everything's oriented to where your phone should be like in landscape mode all of a sudden. So like you literally turn your phone sideways and all the levels work that way. And then like you go back to the regular part of the the room and it's like back to portrait mode again. It's not like physically turning the screen. It's just stuff like looks like that all of a sudden. Huh. And you and you just feel like I should be holding my phone this way instead at this point. Oh, I should be doing this thing. So yeah, it's not like telling you to turn your phone or anything. It's just like everything's oriented different. And then I I got a section where it was like this is going to be the first person shooter section and it was using the gyro and the phone to like aim. And I was like looking around like almost like it was an AR thing, but it was an AR. It was just like in the thing, but you know. Yeah. That seems neat. That seems like super, they really tried cool. to like use all assets of whatever device that it was on. Yeah, have you had to like blow into the microphone yet? No, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that if that didn't happen though. I'm sure there's that in like a Flappy Bird section or something like that. There, there was a Flappy Bird. <laughs> nice call. Yep. Uh, uh, well, I've been playing uh, some World Next Door. I just finished it this morning. Uh, I highly recommend it to people. I think it's a fantastic game. I wish that there was more like gameplay in it, like kind of like more of like these. You basically go to these shrines and then you navigate through them. And then every once in a while, you'll bump into a monster and you have to then kind of run around the monster and fight it, quote unquote, by like lining up a bunch of tiles and then pressing A on it. And I really liked that kind of puzzly mechanic. And I wish there was just more of that kind of fighting uh be it, it just is a lot of fun and i wish there was more of that in it but the storyline was really cool it was a really neat story uh it's a pretty fun game highly recommend it uh overwatch started there um hang on halloween oh yeah Do your choices back. matter in world next door because i know there's like dialogue choices yeah so i don't think they do Okay. I was I I don't know this for sure, but I was looking at some of the options that I could have picked and I was getting some weird answers to the things that I was saying mm-hmm. and I I have a hypothesis that whatever like answers. Yeah, it's it's just a catch-all no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so like I was at, I was doing some things that like oh, this person has done this horrible thing and like the first option is like, oh my god, how could you? And then the second one is just like, you've betrayed me. And the third one is, I understand. And I was like, all right, the third one. And then it's just like, I know that you feel so hurt. And I was like, mm. I didn't, it doesn't, doesn't quite match. And that's why I have that hypothesis. So I don't think that your choices do really matter, at least in the dialogue. Yeah. I do believe that you can recruit more people if you like put some time into talking to some characters. Mm, okay. Uh, because I don't think that I got everybody, but I'm not quite sure. There's, so, I have reason to believe that you might have been able to like recruit one or two other people. Okay. Um, so, but I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Overwatch did their Halloween event, and it's the same fucking Still event. Still doing it. Hey. <sighs> yeah, but 
The real news is that fucking Sombra skin is finally available. Yeah, after years of them being, hey, we're going to give it to non-BlizzCon people. Look, man, it's like the best skin in the freaking universe. I can it finally is, get it. So I'm not going to get it. I really it's don't like it. Such a good skin. Get out of here. You don't I know. think it's really boring. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I, I it's think better having an ice one. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that ice one is it the uh, the nice demon hunter one? It is, in fact, yeah. demon hunter. I, I, I like that one. I like it a lot. I'm not into they it, always make really good skins, but I really do wish that they would just do something new with the game type. Yeah, this the Halloween event has been the same since the first Halloween event. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm they added character every once in a while. They but... haven't even like expanded it. Like, yeah. I remember when TF2 did like MVM, it started off pretty bare bones. Mm-hmm. But then like there was like they, there was a Halloween one. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the 666 thing. Right. And it was like wicked hard. And it was like a real challenge to actually do. Whereas this one, like, it's not really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, even on Legendary, I think we crushed it almost accidentally last year. Yeah. It was just and like, oh, that was we Legendary? We finished it. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, cool. We finished like, it with that Done. I, I really do wish that they would either continuously add different characters into the waves for you to fight or maybe even give you a new area to do it in, or even, as, as you mentioned, an extension. Like, after you've defended the bridge, uh, maybe you get to, like, push forward, and then you have to defend, like, that gate at the start of Eichenwald. Like, like frickin' anything, man. Anything. Like, they even have an endless mode that ends. Yeah. <laughs> like, just make a real... endless. They don't? I, no, I don't know why it's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very confusing because it's just much, it's much longer. But like, I don't know, it's very it's, confusing to me. Like it's it, it was fun the first couple times around. But at this point, with nothing new happening and the only real difference between this and last year is just the patch difference between characters. I, I just I'm kind of so bored with it. I really don't want to go back to it. It's a fun game mode, but I really think that there is more potential there for them to be able to add this into other maps that they're just slacking on. And at least like TF2 had a new Halloween map every single year and they haven't done any new Halloween things. Like even if they just reskinned regular maps with new Halloween stuff like they did with Hollywood, like just give us something. Yeah. What was the last big thing they added to the game? Not counting characters. I guess, yeah. Uh, workshop support? Work, yeah, I was yeah, going to say workshop. doing the crazy workshop stuff, which I... Maybe somebody has made really good versions of the stuff in Workshop. Maybe that's what I need to look at next. Yeah. I, don't, I almost don't want to count that, because they didn't really... like. Obviously, mm-hmm. setting up the Workshop took a lot of work, but they didn't set up a game mode. They were just right. like, you do it. Yeah, I guess the last game mode they probably added was the um, last anniversary one. Was the last yeah. anniversary the, one. Uh, um, Cuba, the, the uh, Havana, I'm sorry. Oh, like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think Havana was about the last thing that they really added that was like, oh, here's a new map, and it's also, like, kind of doing some other stuff with it. I mean, there I are if, rumors of if... Overwatch 2. So yeah, maybe uh, there that's is, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. gonna blow everyone's mind. Which... I... <laughs> 
if that's a thing that'll be announced early november right and during yeah, BlizzCon. presumably at BlizzCon. it is it is on the reports of rumored things for them to talk about as blizzcon and from the things that i've heard about it is that overwatch 2 will not be taking will not be overtaking the multiplayer aspect it will be basically a like single player slash cooperative campaign and oh my gosh give me a yeah. Titanfall 2 level campaign please it, it, it'll basically <laughs> just be like hey here's like a bunch of new characters but they're you know, here's about like it's all campaign based stuff it's all like doing as you mentioned you know, kind of doing like mvm and archival kind of things and okay. then like along with that game will also be regular multiplayer overwatch which overwatch one will become so people can just like if you just want to play the multiplayer parts you just get overwatch one and then all of like the characters will be there for you to play and everything but if you want more gameplay of doing like pve stuff two will be the hub for that is that all just rumor right that is yeah. all just I, I don't think anything has been confirmed yeah right now. just making that, sure that is that is like the big huge rumor but if they did that i feel i feel like that would be very neat i feel like that would be a great way to answer the call of everyone being like what's all the backstory of these people what about this what about that and like obviously the um archive stuff has given us a very fun tease of what levels of overwatch would be like so just giving us more of that would be Pleasant. here's my issue though like archives they have three of them now and only one of them is like actually really good yeah one yeah. of them is actually quite bad and one of them is kind of just annoying Man. the good one being retribution the bad one being storm rising and uprising i think is the name of the first one That's yeah first just one. kind of annoying What's yeah. Storm Rising again? Storm Rising, Storm Rising is the one that takes Havana. Havana. Ah, that's the one that you don't remember because it's just boring. Yeah. It's yeah just, Retribution it's, was great. Retribution's amazing. Yeah. But the other two were kind of lackluster. I mean, Havana, the Havana one was just a remap of Retribution. Yeah, there's same, not yeah. even enemies. any new characters in it. Yeah. If they come out to, to BlizzCon and announce Overwatch 2 and don't announce Diablo 4, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, dude, what if they announce uh, Overwatch 2 and it's a mobile game on your phone? <laughs> Wouldn't that be I was, great? I was just going to make that joke. I was just going to be like, you guys have phones, right? That'd be so good. Oh, I would be furious. I'd be overjoyed. That'd be so much fun. Not, not to even <laughs> mention the fact that there's so many people planning on protesting stuff at blizzcon that i'm just like this is gonna be a shit show and waiting like it's it's gonna be very crazy to see how this year actually plays out for them and i really hope it's not bad but it's looking pretty bad man i was gonna say earlier about the the game mode stuff and like the custom modes i wonder if they just like looked at what valve was doing with dota at some point and was like yeah let's do that because like valve used to do bespoke events and then at some point they put custom games in to where people could like mod game modes in. Mm. And then they just like were like at one point they were like, all right, we're going to run a contest for who's going to make the best Christmas themed mode. And then that's going to be the mode we feature. Incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do it at all. You guys do it. Hey, what if we just like let other people do the work for us and then we'll take credit for being good at our jobs? Yeah, that's lazy. I dislike that. I it's in that bad. in that same vein, I saw this morning a a podcaster being like, "Hey, 
what should I talk about on my podcast? Who should I interview? And I was just like, really? Yeah, your You're job. Just... <laughs> Isn't that literally your job to just figure all of that shit out? And like, I don't know, like maybe a producer's job. Like you're just going to ask your Twitter people to give you answers so you don't have to think about this. Like that's just outsourcing your stuff to your fans does not make a good thing. <laughs> Like, it's nice when you have support to support your, like, fan creations or give them a voice, but just leaving it up to them is not an answer. I can at least understand the podcast one, because it's like, what do you want to hear me talk about? I still have to do the work and come up with the stuff for it. I still have to get the interview and talk about it, but it's way different than... Hey, you guys make this game mode for us, and we'll put it up there. Yeah, here, you we'll record the podcast, it. and I'll host yeah, it here. That's true. yeah, that's, that's essentially true. what's what would be the comparison. Yeah. Um, the other things that I've been playing is I just started playing Greedfall uh, to Caleb's recommendation, and I like it thus far. I'm only a couple hours into it. I just got to like the new world, quote unquote. Um, but I think it's neat. I think the time frame is kind of interesting the world's really cool uh i think that the characters are thought out and they're not just pasted on there um the mouth animations are <laughs> really bad they're pretty bad um but you know for a small studio sure i i will forgive you for that and in general better game than mass effect andromeda so <laughs> take that andromeda <laughs> fucking got him um so yeah i was just like all right um so i'd recommend that uh caleb since you recommended greedfall to me what have you been playing i wouldn't i wouldn't go so as far as to say i recommended it i just talked about it okay okay you were in a positive manner yeah i did not recommend playing it because i don't i don't know how i feel about it totally yet uh but i've been playing some games that kind of recently came out nanotail which came out like two days ago, I think, in early access. It is the second game by the people that made Epistory, Typing Chronicles, I think is the mm-hmm. second sub-name. I don't know what you call that. Anyway, what are you talking they made Epistory. <laughs> Epistory is really great. And they just released early access Nanotail. It's, they said it's the first like 35% of the game roughly polished. And I don't believe them on the polish factor yet because mm. I already encountered a pretty massive bug where the camera zoomed in too far to see some of the words that i need to type great so not not ideal is that a problem um, in the typing game <laughs> do you need to see you maybe, can't just like a guess. little bit <laughs> but it's got some cool mechanics in it i i think so i i got some of this from playing it at pax last year but there's a mechanic where you have spells of various elements i think and you can also add modifiers to the spells so you can add like you can type widen before you type the name of the spell, and it does like a big AOE version of it and stuff like that. So I think that's a neat mechanic they added from Epistory. It could be pretty cool. Make everything wide. Yeah, right. Is there a thick super one? Wide. <laughs> super wide? I don't think so. But uh, there's like a no ray. So you can turn something into a ray instead. Stuff like that. Uh, I've also played the demo for The Beast Within. Uh, it's not terribly long, like 20 minutes 25 minutes but it's it's pretty spoopy it's a game about a code breaker during i think world war ii oh no the cold war there it is it's a code breaker during the cold war and he and his wife go to some remote town or a house in the woods so that he can like work on code breaking and then he finds like a journal and it's about this 
guy from a long time ago and then he like comes to this time period and they like start interacting and stuff gets spoopy um but so far pretty pretty, pretty spoopy does the I'm journal intrigued. have like a big handprint on it with six <laughs> fingers and the number three perhaps because i think i've seen this before actually <laughs> i wish it were that but no no wouldn't that be wild yeah <laughs> please make me a game like that what's that guy's name who wrote the wrote the theories Alex McGoslin. No. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Hirsch. Alex Hirsch. Hirsch. Yes, please yep. please make it. me a Gravity Falls video game. And it, it is it is Beast Within and not the Beast Inside, right? Uh pretty sure. Okay. I just check real I, quick. No, nope, it's Googled Beast Inside. It. Ah. Whoopsies. I was wow. trying to Google it so I could I was just like, but I can only find the Beast Inside. The Beast Within is yeah, a movie. Beast Inside, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Friday, I've also yeah. been playing some Destiny, which you mentioned, and Alex and I started playing a little bit again, uh, a game we talked about a while back called Children of Morda, and we we had been using Parsec a whole bunch to play it, but we tried Steam Remote Play, which just came out in the beta branch of Steam, um, which is essentially Parsec. It allows you to play local co-op games with your f- friends, in this case, through Steam, so it's much easier to set up. Uh, but... I feel like it wasn't as good yet. At least we only tried it for a little while. We only tried connecting once, really. But I ran into some like audio artifacting issues where I would get a lot of popping in the audio, which is not great at all. And it also looked lower resolution than Parsec. Though, mm-hmm. to be fair, it didn't seem like Alex was streaming it. It didn't seem like he had any resolution settings or anything like that. Yeah, like I just hit a button to invite him on my friends list, which is incredibly convenient. You don't have yeah. to run a third-party program or anything. You don't have to do any setting setup or anything like that. But also, like, there's no ability to, for you to like set what bitrate you want to stream at. There's no like what resolution you want to stream it at, and, like anything like that. Yeah. Um, like Parsec even has like what codec you want to use. You can do H two six four or H two six five. It's like pretty deep on that kind of stuff. Um, it did seem like audio stuff might have been easier. Like it had, it popped up a window that had, um, just volume sliders for like, like what I wanted my output to be to you. It looked like. Yeah. And it looked like I I had that slider as well. I don't know if it was shared, but I could just turn down the game volume without having to turn down your computer volume. Yeah. Ah, which Which is not nice. Yeah. Not as easy to do that in Parsec. No, you gotta like go through the windows volume mixer thing and also it's pretty dumb and doesn't really matter but there's these little symbols like underneath his name (laughs) that were like keyboard mouse and controller and whenever he pressed a button on any of those they like vibrated a little bit to show like he was doing input yeah and that's pretty that's pretty neat so like i can see like his input is working and like he's touching his controller right now that's, oh, that's nice. upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with that, uh, let's dive in more into what's going on in the game world in the past uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, Shroud moves to Mixer. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention this because we, we brought up Ninja moving mm-hmm. to Mixer. And like at the time shroud had commented on it and was like hey like the platform is basically mine now like ninja was the biggest streamer and like now he's pretty much the biggest streamer and he can kind of like run twitch and now all of a sudden he's moving to mixer too so he must have got some insane deal from microsoft i don't know what microsoft's trying to do like 
just throwing their money around at streamers. I mean, they're trying to make Mixer happen. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, he's exclusive on Mixer now. I do. He must have got paid an insane amount of money as well. Do you feel like having these large streamers over on Mixer is actually going to give it validity and a footing? Or do you think that kind of Twitch has already made its shell and at this point it will always be the mainstay and the thing that's there? You know, I feel like Twitch is probably the first thing that a normal person would open to go watch a stream of something. Like, like if you had the idea of like, I just want to watch a stream of something. You're going right. to go to twitch.tv. Like you're probably not going to go to Mixer. And I, but I at the same time if you're like in that community, mm-hmm. I feel like the these acquisitions are actually making Mixer like a legitimate platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you like Ninja or Shroud, you're going to go watch them on Mixer. You're not just going to stop watching. Yeah. Them. Or at least very few people are, I think. Yeah, I think that at least from a more like brand and business standpoint, I think Twitch is still like the hub, you know? Uh, It's nice that Mixer is bringing in these kind of like big name streamers, but until they start doing partnerships with games to kind of make it the hub for that stuff, I will always just kind of... I hope they don't do that. Yeah, let's hope not. If they start signing deals where this game can only be streamed on Mixer... If that you stream this game on Twitch, you you get banned. Like well, that would be so ridiculous. I don't think yeah. that. No, 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 no. Let me back that up. I, I not like that. What I'm saying more is just like <laughs> Overwatch League is on Twitch. Its oh, home sure. is on Twitch, and I okay. feel like that gives Twitch validity. You know, if that this is a big name brand thing, this is an esport, and if you want to do anything Overwatch League, it is on Twitch. And yeah, that makes so, sense. Unless like Mixer is going to go in and, you know, uh, whatever the next big game that comes out and it's just going to be like, hey, you know, like pay Valve to stream the international only on. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you want to watch the international, you got to be on Mixer. And I feel like until they do stuff like that, they can get as many you know Man. streamers over there as they want. I don't view it as legitimate as Twitch yet. It was actually weird when I saw this article that Shroud was moving to Mixer. Like, when I saw the article for Ninja moving to Mixer, I was like, who the heck uses Mixer? That is the weirdest article I've ever heard in my life. And then when I saw this one for Shroud, like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh, he's moving to Mixer. Like, like it's yeah. legitimized the idea of Mixer in my mind already, just the one acquisition. And now that there's two, it just makes it even, like, even more so, I think. I mean, if nothing else... I know what Mixer is now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Before I, I, Ninja got signed, I had no idea it even existed. I only knew of it because of that stupid game that allows audience participation that impacts the arena game. What the heck? I yeah. hate that so much. I, that's the I, reason I, I know We it. don't even stream. Why are you so mad? <laughs> yeah, I just hate it so much. I hate the concept. Whew. That the I, audience gets to impact the actual outcome of the game i mean that's uh, sounds kind of cool but I'm, i see you're upset i'm not gonna push you on. like in a, in a <laughs> pvp arena shooter get out of here no alex uh you can correct me if i'm wrong here but is there a possibility that streamers might just 
use both at the same time like just set it up in a way that whatever game that you're playing outputs into two different places both twitch and Uh stream and and mixer and so then you're just like all right cool like i'm just gonna play my game and i will like interact with both chats over here and over there but then i have like two different audiences yeah so already do you can totally do that um either by using like two instances of obs or there's like services that'll do it like restreamer um yeah but if you get partnered on either service there's stuff in the tos that doesn't let you do that mm. makes sense so you'll you'll lose your partnership got you so i was just thinking planning on getting a... money from either one you can't you can't stream to both at the same time but if you don't care about the money and you just want to have like yeah oh, if you're just fans if you're just like a small streamer, if you're Chad, then you yeah. can just... Whoa. <laughs> it's, not... <laughs> it's not even here to defend him. I, I thought he was fired. Take that, uh, No, actually, yeah, he is... Um... Yeah, I thought he got partnered with Twitch. I guess he's. it's not called partnered. It's oh. something. He's like some yeah. level of something, actually, where if he did that, then that would be bad. Like, they could take it away from him. Hmm. So let's hope nobody at Twitch is listening to this episode. Is what I'm yep. hearing. <laughs> well, he doesn't do it. I actually remember I asked him about it one time. He's like, "Yeah, I can't do that." Oh, you know, I remember him saying he definitely doesn't do that either. I'm glad we all agree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, speaking of other uh, things that are happening in the game industry right now, there is a bunch of delays. Yeah. Yeah. No, this year was supposed to be like really good for games, and now it's. <laughs> Not great. Now it's the beginning of next year. It's really yeah. good for games. Freaking Animal Crossing and Doom come out on the same day. <laughs> well, that's going to be such a good but weird day. <laughs> We're yeah, going to just uh, destroy all hope in humanity and then go to a gore fest. <laughs> and that's yeah, going to be gonna great. Like, pull up Animal Crossing, do a little bit, and then let it sit for a while while you play Doom. Oh my god. One's on Switch and one's on PC. Yeah. Yeah. I can play both at the same yep. time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Not only oh, that's gonna be even huge. weirder. <laughs> that, Doom, that we Animal talked Crossing about Doom getting is, delayed yeah. already. We did, yeah. but that's that was the big one for me, man. I was so excited for the new Doom. But what, uh, what else has gotten delayed now? What uh, the new Watch Dogs Legion? Is that yeah. What call it? yeah, Watch Dogs mm-hmm. Legion. Yeah, it got delayed. There were like two other uh, Ubisoft games, the names um, of which I do not recall. Gods and Monsters, which is the thing that the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team has been working on, like a mythology something or another. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. And then uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is like their oh, co-op. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. When is that one? Um, yeah. So all three of those just say they're delayed into fiscal 2020, 2021. Jesus. Okay. Oh, my God. So, so at least October of next year or later. Yeah. So Probably. This, this article says sometime between April 2020 and March 2021. Oh. Is like that fiscal year. I, I sincerely hope Legion isn't one of those because I was really looking forward to playing that game at some point soon. It's just weird that they don't even give they're like not even having new dates on those. They're just right, like you'd I, think I don't you'd know. give a date and then just push it back again. Yeah. Although yeah. I guess that's not great press either, but at least then yeah. people still know about your freaking game and it's not like, "Oh, Legion, I thought that came out." Yeah. Speaking about giving a date and then immediately pushing it back. Oh, they pushed back Last of Us Part 2, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. so they, they just announced that date like a couple of weeks ago with this yeah. new like announcement trailer. And then it got pushed back three months to May 29th now. 
Do we think that any of the potential pushbacks on some of these are to coincide with whenever PlayStation 5 is rumored to drop? I I think Sony would be like, hey, listen, listen, we have games coming on the PlayStation 5. (laughs) That's true. Like, I don't think they would play coy that they'd be like, listen, we have these games and they will be on this new system that we are making. Please buy it. Please buy it. 100% just like touting. They're like, yeah, it's coming. 2021 new yeah, playstation well, no they did they did announce that the name is playstation 5 and they did announce that it is right, called hey. coming holiday <laughs> holiday of next year's when it's going to release i don't think the announcement that it's called the playstation 5 is really a big one or important they, one you know anyway. they made it a, they made a big deal about like <laughs> we're happy to confirm it is called the playstation 5 it's so dumb i just wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of those delays was to coincide with like a launch or at least be able to launch it with a PlayStation 5 version of it as well. So then you'd be like kind of sure. like back when you had like, oh, hey, the game yeah. came out on 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. You know, like it came out like on, on multiple. I like would not be surprised if you got like a Watch Dogs Legion on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Usually yeah, I make a big I, deal yeah. out of that though. Yeah. But yeah I, I doubt they can say anything yet. Like they haven't that's that's what I'm thinking is they, they haven't had their big press like event yet. That's yeah. true, I guess. They've um, just been saying things here and there, which actually kind of annoys me because I liked in the past when you like didn't know anything for a, a while and there was rumors and then there would be like a big event and like right. you get to learn all the information. Like they're just the 21st century, Alex. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, they're just like randomly putting out like press articles and just like, hey, it's called the PlayStation Five, guys. <laughs> like. <laughs> why hey There's it's been, confirmed like, two different uh wired articles like about the internals of the playstation 5 at this point and like their weird ssd stuff that's supposed to eliminate all loading times yeah Good yeah one. sure they're calling all the stuff that is it negative load instantly. latency yeah <laughs> negative latency <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, oh, speak- there's one more game that uh, oh yeah what else got, got pushed back you know divinity fallen heroes remember that at pax yep Yep. That one has been pu- pushed back indefinitely. Indefinitely? Until, until I think at least after Baldur's Gate 3 comes out. Uh, what? Yeah. So they yeah. just Why? took their team and they're just they, like, we're doing Baldur's Gate from here on out. Uh, basically, they just want more time to work on it because I don't think it's good. What's just the- finish this one and then do Baldur's Gate. You Dude, know Baldur's like- Gate is a way bigger deal. They're also probably getting paid a decent amount of money from the uh, Wizards of the Coast team to do the Baldur's Gate stuff. Absolutely. They they just freaking showed up at PAX and they're like, hey, here's this game. It's coming out in November. And I'm like, (laughs) no, it's canceled. No, it has. I I think they're definitely still going to make it. But not until after Baldur's Gate. It's built on the same freaking engine. How hard can this game be to make? I don't know, man. Like, okay, games are, well, okay, depending on who you ask, games are hard to make. (laughs) I I I feel like if you don't (laughs) push it out sooner, though, you're going to, A, have Baldur's Gate 3 out, and B, have a newer, better engine, at which point any work that you've done on this should just be scratched and you should just like start from square one. Like, I don't know. I feel like you should either push out what you've got while the engine is still relevant. Won't this game feel old after Baldur's Gate 3 comes out? Exactly. They've mentioned that they don't really have the resources to finish it before doing Baldur's Gate. I think it's the problem. You just gotta pause 
development in Baldur's Gate for like two months. Yeah, but here's the thing: they're getting paid the game. to do yeah. Baldur's Gate. It, it's they're not, like, not getting paid by anyone to do Fallen Heroes, right? They'll get paid by us when they release <laughs> yeah, it. Sure, but they don't have that money yet. Yeah, you, it's either get the money that is currently being paid and telling you what to do, or oh, hey, we can get money for this work that we're going to do. Like. I understand what they're up to, but that still sucks because that was a fun thing at PAX. Um, speaking of delays and just things that suck, let's let's go into what has happened this week with our wonderful good pals over at Bethesda Gaming about <laughs> how they were like, hey, we know that you're really excited for this big, huge patch, the Wastelanders patch, where we're going to add NP human NPCs into the game. We're going to fix all of these bugs. We're going to make this game actually, you know, like playable and worth some amount of money. But first, we're going to delay that into next year. And while you're waiting for any bits of new content, uh, here's a subscription service that you can pay for a hundred fucking dollars. And uh, basically make the game pay to win. Did you uh, hear the best wait, this part is about it? Fallout 76, I'm guessing. This is, this is yeah. Fallout 76. Yeah. Did you hear the best part about the stuff they had him? Uh, the, what, the, the fact that they've blatantly lied to all of their fans about it? Or the fact that half of the things don't matter and that it's not even worth $100? Or, oh wait, is it the quote-unquote private servers that aren't even private servers but just private sessions it would be that it doesn't work uh oh. people have had they have those so one of the features is private servers where you're like this is just me it's and you like you control and up to but seven people it's anyone on your friends list can just drop in and out invite or not and then also people have found that Very running private. around on their private map areas that have already been looted <laughs> Ooh, what? Uh, one of the other features they added is a box where you can store scrap so it's just like a scrap bank you take all your scrap you put it in there great but if you put your scrap in there you turn off the game you turn it back on scrap's gone <laughs> wow so, it doesn't store it so much as it deletes it entirely this is the, the scrap garbage can is what they <laughs> well, meant to say but well, i mean learned... you only spent a hundred real world dollars for the privilege so that's great that's it's... awesome will they I... learn anything from making this game at all i hope <laughs> so i hope they learn so much from this clusterfuck because i know like at least like the the fans were super upset about the scrap box because they have for a full year now, continuously told the fan base that they could not increase your stash. There was no way they could do anything with your stash because having your stash at that amount would crash the server. That is what they have told people from the beginning. Well, they might still be right because they're, they're just deleting it. <laughs> so, like... Like, crap, all this doesn't fit. Mm, just delete it. Just delete it. They won't Jesus. notice. <laughs> Who plays like, this game? <laughs> on the one hand i'm just so uh. happy because they're like hey here's basically a thing that you can pay for that fixes a bug or a thing an issue of the first game that was arbitrary in the first place and there actually doesn't need to be a stash limit we just put it there for reasons but now you can have no stash limits behind a paywall and you're telling me that it doesn't even work in the first place which makes this even better it's just why bethesda why why did you go from like hey 
we're a good company that people like our games to just, you know what we should do? Just fucking piss everybody off in one fell swoop. It's pretty wild. It's, it is amazing to me. It honestly is how... Just 2019 is just the death of good companies, in my opinion. With Bethesda and now Blizzard just making a race of who can beat EA the fastest at the <laughs> head of the table for just shitty goddamn game developers. Like, I'm amazed. I really am. Um, and nicer and brighter and it, more positive news mm-hmm. uh you can now play any ms dos game uh on on the internet the wonderful people over that have been doing uh game archiving uh have just dumped all of it onto their website and so now you can just go to their website and without downloading anything just in your web browser uh play oregon trail or aladdin and uh it's great uh, unfortunately, Jake died of dysentery in my run through, but uh, I made it, and that's what matters. Mm. Oh, in the world is Carmen San Diego. Yes. Uh, so yeah, if you want to just uh, kill some time at work, and you've wait, got wait, a web wait. browser, you be Oregon Trail. Yeah, it's Man. not hard. Well, okay, sure I haven't was played when I was it. A child. Yeah, I haven't played it since I was a child, and I lost every single time. So yeah. maybe I need to go play it once, so I yeah. can just have that as an achievement unlocked in my life. Yeah, be, I think just be Oregon it Trail. It only takes about 30, 45 minutes, something like that. What? What? Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. That I game was impossible. You guys are really bad. You ever think about <laughs> Forever that? Forever long. I have thought about that. Then I dismissed it. <laughs> well, I'm. It's it's in your web browser right now, so you can uh, go and play it. That's crazy. Uh, going off of video games into board games, Alex, Caleb, you guys have played Forbidden Sky. We have. Yeah. We played Forbidden Sky once. One time. Tell us about that. <laughs> so it's the next game in the Forbidden series, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert. Yeah, Forbidden Sky. There yep, yep. That's all of them. Yep. Uh, it takes place after the events of Forbidden Desert, after you fly off of the desert, out of the desert. There's even a little... Uh, tile on the map that has the ship that you fly in on and presumably crash land. I don't know that we read the lore for it, but wow, it's it incredibly similar. It yeah, it definitely looks crashed. Um, it's incredibly similar in gameplay style. There's all the tiles. Uh, there's the storm system still. Uh, in this one, I guess in all of them, there's kind of two ways that the storm impacts the game. It either mm-hmm. puts a bunch of stuff on the map, or it decreases one of your stats. Right. In this one, you have two stats, and they are um, rope health. and health. Thank you. I could yep. not think of health for some reason. Really? <laughs> health. You yeah. remembered rope immediately. The other games don't have health, and that threw me off, but they don't have rope either, so I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> but essentially, you're trying to set up this big circuit, like an electrical circuit, to launch a rocket. And sure. the two ways in which the storm impacts you is sometimes... Um, Lightning will hit the lightning rods, and it'll electrify part of the circuit. And if you're on that, you take damage. Or the wind will blow and try to blow you off the platform. And if you're on the edge of the platform when the wind blows, you lose part of your rope phrase, I guess, is the way they do it. So you lose sort of rope health. Mm. You lose rope health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But as you play, you can use actions to lay out physical circuit pieces. Uh, like there's capacitors, 
and there's just wire, like long, solid pieces of wire. And you have to actually connect a full circuit from one side of the rocket to the other side. And then the rocket, like, turns on and makes launch noises. Oh. Lights up. That's kind of neat. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty freaking cool that it's an actual, like, metal pieces that are connecting that actually form a circuit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a neat way to kind of do that. We lost, obviously. We, we did Ouch. lose. Yeah. So it's still um, as brutal as the other games. Yeah. So well, we played on normal. But for I, I may be wrong, but I don't. I never played Island. I don't think. But um, desert, like all the tiles are laid out already, right? And you're just like revealing them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this game, you were actually like building the map, like kind of um, betrayal style. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit different, I guess. Uh, it's got a pretty cool mechanic where you have um, two different actions. You can either like scout, I think it was called, yep, where you pick up a tile but you're not placing it, um, and the, or you can explore, which is like placing a tile. But you can scout like three tiles in advance before you explore something. So like right, you, so can, you have can have a hand of tiles, a hand, yeah, a hand of tiles, and then like you you pick like the best one for the situation and lay it like where you're trying to explore to, and you still lost. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Wow. I mean, it doesn't make the game any easier. Well, I was going to say, that makes it seem like, at least if you're playing like Betrayal, that makes Betrayal so much easier. It it makes the game playable. Because otherwise you would lose like immediately. Oh. I got to get my hands on this. This seems like fun. This seems like just some sadomasochism. Um. Let's go. If you randomly flip tiles, you'd never make a capacitor, so you could never win. So you, so you gotta flip a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like a, a half circle on the tile, and then you have to put another tile that has another half circle lining up with it so you can place the piece. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's move over to film realm. Movies yeah. and film, as we say in the beginning of our podcast. <laughs> the two distinct movies things that we very, film. Very yeah. different. Because, mm-hmm. see, Marvel is movies, but it's not Film. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like, if I see one more article about that bullshit, I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, dude, don't you want to like... hear how Chris Pratt reacted to no you know, Tony Destazio reacting to? <laughs> I don't I God, care. dude, it's wild. It's, 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 so it's like such like just like drama for the sake of drama in the film industry, and I'm just like, it's a movie. Shut up and enjoy it, or don't. It's, like, it's like tabloids. No, yeah. my movies are better because of this. It's like, well, actually, my movies are better because of this. It's like, guys, you're, you're both very pretty. Like, it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Also, aren't like none of them films now because everything's digital? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think they still shoot some stuff on there, there's like actual specific roles. movies that are like, we shot this on film and then like make a big deal about it. Yeah, that's Quentin Tarantino jerking himself off. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch that movie. I mean, <laughs> what? Um, so, Alex, what do you got here? Yeah, so I, I watched a couple of movies. They're, they're not the newest things, um, but I did want to just they mention are in them real fact quick. Not. <laughs> uh, the Art of Self Defense I watched, which is. I saw that um, in theaters. Did you really? I did, yeah. I tried to talk about it. Nobody else had seen it, so I tried to talk about it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. What'd um, you think? I thought it was really good. It's, it's, it's fine. It's a. What do you call it? Like a dark comedy, I guess? I would very much call it a dark comedy. 
it's really dark it's I, not very many dark comedies i think can pull it off very well like yeah. usually they they don't like hit the balance right and i think this hit the balance pretty good like i had several times where i definitely laughed out loud and then also it just the, the some of the subject matter was just like wow man you're getting way out here with this <laughs> there there is a part where they kick with their fists yeah <laughs> yeah excuse me yeah they There's kick with part... their fists and it's it's like an actually important plot point later yeah really know. funny <laughs> it definitely Gosh. has moments uh, for me the whole time i was watching it i was just like this is like fight club but not as good mm. and like as zany as it gets i felt like it was really predictable and i know that seems weird to talk about a movie where people kick with their hands yeah and then say like yeah i could kind of guess where everything was gonna go you, but like okay can i you explain what that means though so there's just a section of the movie where they have a lesson in the dojo where they learn how to kick with their their fists and punch with their feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but was that was that? It doesn't actually yes. make any sense. They're just like okay, like the dude kicks him in the chest and he's like, "That was a pretty good kick," but it really felt more like a kick and less like a punch. <laughs> and then like he does it again, and it's seemingly not different at all. He's like, "Man, now that felt like a punch." Oh my gosh! I'm <laughs> like, okay, guys. Um, but yeah, that actually is a relevant plot point later in the in the movie, which is really funny. I think. Yeah, points that that might be the funniest thing the movie does. Um, but yeah, I, you, the predictability part, I did guess what was going to happen. So yeah, I totally see that. Uh, I didn't guess the very end really. Um, it actually kind of caught me off guard. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. The the main showdown. Yeah. Yep. The, the final second, showdown. Like. As soon as, okay, I'm just gonna okay. I don't. I'm not gonna spoil it. As soon as should he we goes, just spoil it? It's been out for we? a while. Yeah. yeah. Does Go anyone care? It. Not really. I, I do not. So let let me set this up right. At the end of the movie, there's a showdown between the guy and his sensei. And earlier in the movie, the guy's going to get a gun. Like an hour like later, before, like before he gets, he gets karate. Yeah. And then he gets a call that's like, hey, we have your gun if you want to come get it. And he's like, no, I'm doing karate. And I'm like, I get it. He's going to get the gun and shoot the gun. Like, he's going to get the gun. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. And then at the end, guess what he does? He gets <laughs> the gun. He, gets the gun. He, he, freaking, gets the gun. he challenges the sensei to an unarmed fight to the death. And then the sensei's like, I'm better at fighting than you. You're going to die. And he's like, yep, I know. And they get up and turn around and bow. And he just pulls out his gun just and shoots him, him directly in the head, like immediately. <laughs> it's, I'll give it's you, hilarious. it's pretty funny. But like, literally, as soon as he's like, oh, I'm going to go get a gun. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I know uh, yeah, where I this is going. So. Do they hate each other? It's, I mean, that's no, the they're entire best story. Friends. It's, yeah. No, okay. it's. Yeah. It's there there is dark. actually like a whole plot that. It's like a whole thing. Wow. Sure. Ends, ends up at that point, but. Uh, I also watched Toy Story 4, which has been out forever at this point, too. It's, it's another dark comedy, right? It's a great movie. <laughs> it's really good. I didn't think like they were going to be able to do anything with that after the third one, because I was like, all right, that, one, that series is done after I watched that third movie. They, they, managed, then, they managed to. Yeah, and like they bring back Bo Peep, which I was like, oh, right, they she got existed. rid of Bo Peep <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And, like, they totally, like, work in, like, oh, yeah, she was a lost toy, like, and they find her again. And she's freaking, like, awesome in this movie. Like a Bo Peep ninja, essentially. Also, she's thick. 
Whoa. <laughs> okay. Okay. They Sipping made some hot thick. tea like, over there. She. <laughs> now I'm uncomfortable. Wow. Bo Peep is always wearing this like big poofy dress, and like in this movie, she like takes it off almost it's immediately. It's not a poofy dress. That's just how thick her thighs are. <laughs> it's a regular <laughs> dress. She takes Fuck. it off like almost immediately and is wearing like this, you know, easier to move in like regular clothing. But she got that small waist and that big booty. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, God it's dang, okay. you're trying to like arouse children or something with we this know what Alex character. Searches on his character. Yeah, I was going to say, so you said you really liked this movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, but it was, a, it was a pretty satisfying story. And actually, like, now I'm like, there's no way they could do anything else with this. Like, they're totally done, right? Yeah, I mean, I would they hope won't so. Be done but like they'll ever. do another. The interesting thing that I found out about Toy Story 4 I don't know if you noticed this, but there was several shots that they used uh, a split lens perspective. And for anybody at home who doesn't know what that is or cares, the real idea of this is just basically why the hell would you put a limitation into your filmmaking like in like via perspective wise of what like people had to do with lenses back in the 70s when they were filming stuff? Uh, and apparently there's like a guy at Pixar and his entire job is to make film techniques and like camera and lens techniques from old film work inside of like the Pixar engine. So that way they can do like old school arty shit. Weird. And I was just like, that's weird and awesome. Like y- there's no reason for you needing to do that because you could just say like, hey, the thing in the background and the thing in the foreground everything is in focus but they're like nah we're gonna use this split lens perspective thing so only like this part of it is in perspective and in focus and make it look like it's like an old school camera and i was like i you didn't need to do all of this but i appreciate that you did as a film student (laughs) i will say i was like consistently impressed with how good it looked I mean, like everything it is still Pixar, right? It like, is yeah. Pixar, but they like keep on one upping themselves. I feel like every time they release a movie, it's like it blows me away. Yeah, I've they... watched three or four. Prepare wow. to cry a lot. That's what I've heard. Wow, dude. Probably just won't at this point. Because of the fact that it's almost the Halloween times. Uh, I highly recommend, and I watched... I don't think I was able to actually talk about this in any of our other podcasts. I watched the first Wicker Man from, like, the 70s. With Nicolas Cage? No, that's Christopher Lee. Uh, and I highly recommend everyone watch it. It's fucking weird. It's, it's not... weird, because the Nicolas Cage one's pretty grounded. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a, such an interesting and weird thing to think about, like, how... This movie freaked people out in the 70s and like they would leave theaters because they were so disturbed by what was happening. And literally it's just like, for those that don't know, the entire plot is this good Catholic police officer goes onto this island to like uh, investigate a disappearance. And through the entire thing, like basically the school is teaching paganism and like they have pagan practices and all of these things and there's like premarital sex and like <gasps> all of this is disturbing and distraught and you know freaks out the audience and is supposed to make you feel away but like now it's just so mundane and you're just like 
how is anyone ever scared of this? <laughs> it's it is a bizarre thing about how it's just like that's the entire movie is this man just being like, how can you do pagan rituals with a Catholic good town? And it's just it's weird. Do they it, do they at least keep the B scene? No. There's what no is B even scene. the point of no the freaking movie? The, the B scene was new. Um, no, but the but there bees. is <laughs> there is a wonderful scene where this woman is like just. I can only describe it as dancing badly while she's like patting on herself and her butt and the wall to mm. try to seduce the police officer into coming next door and sleeping with her. This does sound disturbing. <laughs> it's, it is so like weird because she's just kind of like smacking her butt against like the wall and just being like, come sleep with me. And it's like, there's no words. It's just like smackity smack, smack, smack. And I was like, this is weird. This is, you're supposed to like, it's, please, sounds uh, amazing. please someone else watch this movie just so you can talk to me about how I mean, bizarrely strange and great this movie maybe is. Maybe that's where the bees were. Could, did you consider In that? her booty. <laughs> He was oh, trying a lot of to sounds. get rid of the bees. Got for, you. For anyone who's wondering what we're talking about, there's a scene in The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage where Nicolas Cage is walking around and Barry B. Benson shows up and he's like, so you like jazz? <laughs> <laughs> and then they start dating and that's what the movie's about from then on. It's really oh. bizarre. Oh my gosh. Oh. His name is Barry B. Benson. Why do you know that? <laughs> well, how do you not know that? How, how do you, you not, not know that? that? Gosh. Look, man, I'm a connoisseur of the bee movie. I have done the bee movie drinking game. Much to my own dismay. It's weird that they had a scene with Barry B. Benson in it from so long ago before the yeah. B-movie existed. <laughs> it's strange. They had the B-movie planned out for a long time. Yeah, it was actually, it was a pre, it's based on the book series. <laughs> the young adult novels. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we've gone off the rails enough that that is, that's... <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here. A uh, couple of last things. Uh, November 1st is our first uh, book club podcast, uh, The Expanding Horizons. They will be discussing The First Girl Child by Amy Harmon. Uh, we also have a 24-hour stream to support uh, Extra Life coming up on November 9th, so please stay tuned for more details about that, and please consider donating to us uh, as we go through a gauntlet of 24 hours to help raise money for uh kids with cancer and various disabilities uh it's a good time for a good cause uh please help us out with that as well uh also coming up we have an interview with chris buddy sola from acapuco games uh i'm sorry not acapuco acapara games that is my bad and um he uh, did a wonderful interview with us talking about what it's like to be a community manager with them as well as also uh, being a game master for Square Enix before he got over to Akapara. So please look out for that as well uh, as part of our community cast, as we've now dubbed them. We have a series of this stuff, guys. It's great. Uh, and we will have both Buddy and his co-host uh, from Some Derps Talk about games. Uh, his co-host's name is Mango. So Buddy and Mango will be joining us on our next podcast. So they will be here and also on one of their future podcasts, both 
Aaron and I will be guesting there as well. So look forward to all of that and you can stay connected with us and get more information about any of those things over at facebook.com slash we are the horizon community or on the website we are horizon.com. Thank you so much for listening. This week's podcast was edited by me, Alex McCoslin. I know, not Aaron, right? Weird. Other voices this week include Owen Patterline, Caleb Juno, and Jake Federkyle. This week's music is once again brought to you by Amer. You can check him out on Spotify or SoundCloud.com slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything else that we do or have done at our website, wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of old content hosted on there for you to go check out, so go take a look. Also, as mentioned by Owen earlier, we're starting a new podcast called Expanding Horizons, which will essentially function as a monthly book club. Our first episode will be November 1st, and we're discussing The First Girl Child by Amy Harmon. Look for new episodes every first of the month following that. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.